I had a delightful Christmas with my little grandson, and he gave me a lasting memory of our visit by letting me have every germ he had collected at preschool. So if my voice sounds like it's about to go, it is. If the sermon is a little shorter, you're welcome. (laughs) Really? Happy New Year. I I don't know how many of you made it all the way to the end of the games last night, uh, but uh, unexpected ending there. And uh, it's always fun when it comes out like you don't expect it. For a little while, I thought we were going to have the three and four seeds in the national championship, which would have blown the whole thing open. But um, it turned out the way it was supposed to be, and that's okay with me. So, when a new year rolls over, has anybody already had trouble writing 2023? Nobody writes checks anymore, but that's where I always used to know that 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 was the thing, right? 20, oh no, scratch it out. Well, it, it gives us all a chance to do some things, right? Whenever we roll over a new year, we reflect, and we probably contemplate, we we evaluate the things that maybe uh, happened differently last year than, than we thought they might. We, uh, we do a little inventory of the things that we said. Maybe we even get out our resolutions from last January and see how we did. But I don't know anybody that doesn't reflect. I, I wrote a few things down. Big picture, we keep learning more about God through His Word through scientific discoveries, through experiences that we have in prayer and devotion. That was 2022. Sometimes we get to worship despite cultural trends, unfortunate circumstances. We got in 2022 to understand the mystery of God revealed anew in the images of the James Webb telescope, the recovery stories of people caught in addiction. The work of missionaries around the world providing both humanitarian aid and and spiritual nourishment. We celebrate the lessening of the pandemic. We celebrate the community that is DBC. We celebrate the growing diversity and unity in our body. Yet turmoil invades our world. Russia, Ukraine, a British prime minister that only lasted 45 days. North Korea continues aggressive tactics. Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran are unstable. Latin America has shifted from democracy to socialism. It's a strange world. Queen Elizabeth passed away, maybe changing or, or even ending the British monarchy. Pope Benedict, Barbara Walters, Jerry Lee Lewis, Franco Harris, Kirstie Alley, Pele, Gallagher. Those are celebrity deaths. It's a little closer to home. I look around this room and know that there are some of you who have said goodbye to loved ones and some untimely. We have three funerals in the next week here at the church. Every time we roll over a year, we reflect and, and we think about the the way the the world is and the fallen world that we live in, and we ponder. Now, when we ponder, it can do a couple of things. 
It can drive us to anxiety because we obsess about things that we really can't do much about. I think your grandmother probably called it borrowing trouble. Just, Alan, just don't be borrowing trouble. We, we can't do anything about that. And yet we worry, anxiety fills us up. We, 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 we begin to what if and why not. And we may, on the other hand, return to, well, we're turning a new page. I have a, an opportunity to, to allow my grief to run its course, to allow relationships to work themselves out. I have the, the opportunity in 2023, we hadn't ever had that year before, and, and maybe there will be some unexpected joy, unexpected peace, unexpected circumstances that allow it to be a year like no other. I don't think I would have guessed that I would have gotten to spend six days with my grandson at the very end of 2022. And I'll take whatever germs he'll give me for that kind of time with him. I'm pretty sure he gave me these germs on the way home from Waffle House where we were playing a game with he puts his hands in his mouth and then he puts them in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's 2023. The passage of Scripture that I want to look at today, John Hume preached on it last January. Uh, last July, and he uh, left his message with a, a prayer that he had us write down, and I, I wrote it down in Philippians where he was preaching from. He said, God, help me to live for you day by day. As I work out my salvation, help me. Help me recognize that you are at work in me experiencing God, recognize where God is working and join Him there. Please help me be a shining witness of joy in a dark world by not grumbling or complaining. Help me rejoice through sacrificial service. Now, John instructed us to write that prayer down, and it was amazing for July, but it seems even more amazing for January 1st. And so, Happy New Year. Reflect, ponder, evaluate, think. Let the fullest, most lasting, satisfying joy, let it be derived from a true relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Some of you have heard from Vince, uh, Vince Lombardi. He was the legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers. And it was told that on his very first day as a head coach of the Packers, he said, uh, we're going to have to kind of start with some basics. And he held up a football and he said, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> and sometimes with our faith in Christ, especially in the first of the year, let's, let's go back to the basics. Let's, let's go back to the gospel. Let's go back to the place where he allowed us to have joy and completeness and fullness simply because we cried out to him and he answered us. Simply because we came to the end of ourselves. We said, Father, I'm a sinner. I, I can't do anything apart from you. Lord, fill me up with Jesus. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit. I invite him into my heart. I want him to be with me, in me, for me. 
And as the Scripture said, God so loved the world that He sent His Son to do exactly that. Let's go back to the basics. This is a football. And so today what I, I want to do very, very briefly is just travel through a few verses in Philippians chapter 1, because as I thought about what I wanted to say this morning, I, I thought, I want to express a prayer for the church. I want to express a, a prayer for Dunwoody Baptist Church. I, I want to, to say words that allow you to know that I pray over you almost every day. And, and that the words of Scripture that, that, that Paul wrote, they, they voiced my prayer a whole lot better than I could. Starting in Philippians chapter 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Now, this letter is, is interesting. It's, a, it's only four chapters, uh, the way we do chapters. It was written to the church that was the first Christian church in Europe. It was uh, actually one of the founding uh, persons in the church was a woman, Lydia. Uh, they, they baptized by a little river that we go when we take our trips to Greece. It's uh, Philippi sits on the very northern end of the Aegean Sea. It's, it's, it's by all means the hinge point between Asia and Europe. And, and so Paul is writing this letter, and unlike many of the letters that he writes, he's not fussing at them. He doesn't really have a, a, an axe to grind with them at all. He, he, he's, he's writing to them about the joy that they can find in Christ. This is a football. Let's go back to the very beginning. This is the, the joy, this is the peace, this is the satisfaction, this is the, 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 the wholeness that you can find in Christ. And so he says, to all the saints who are at Philippi, overseers, deacons, grace and peace. And then he says in verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. Now, he likes that word joy, and especially in this particular letter. He, he uses it 13 times to describe what he's trying to speak over this, uh, this church, what he's trying to, to speak into their lives, what he's trying to pray. And so he says, I, I'm making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. A uh, little life hack, as you read Scripture, pay attention to the prepositions. Pay attention to the connecting words. He says, I am making my prayer with joy because of your partnership. We're on the same team. I feel that you have my back. I have your back. There's a, a sense of the unity in the body of Christ. You're there when I grieve. You're there when I celebrate. I make my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. And then he says one of the first verses I ever memorized, I am confident of this very thing that He began this good work in you. I am assured of this thing. I, I am very sure of this, that He who began the good work will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. A lot going on here. He's confident 
that what God started, He will complete. That's profound, church, because some of you are, are like me. You have those days when you say, God, do you still want me? God, I, I gave my heart to you. I, I gave my life to you, but I mess up day after day. I, I keep doing the same things again and again. I keep confessing the same sins. And Paul says, it's okay, Alan. It's okay. For he began this work in you. You didn't begin it. He drew you to himself, and he will complete it. He will continue to mature it. Paul said, uh, you work out your salvation in fear and trembling. That every day we were saved, we are saved, we keep on being saved because he is working it out in us. I don't know about you, but that reflection leads me to connection. That reflection leads me to a place where I know that I am connected with the God of the universe. And I know that I'm connected with his people. And so he says, this joy that I want to speak into you, this, this love that I want to speak into you, this unity that I want to speak over you, chapter 2 goes into that much more. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. He's, he's drawing us so that our reflection of the year that's gone by, it can lead us to hopelessness or it can lead us to hope, a new way, a new day. Let's talk about joy for a second. That's kind of the theme of this whole book. Some of the commentaries use the, the word rejoice or, or joy. That's, that's very, very common. And, and Paul uses that word a lot. But he starts off there in chapter 1, verse 4 that we looked at, in every prayer of mine for you, I make my prayer with joy. Okay, with joy. Joy is a gift from God. Joy is something that He gives us despite our circumstances. In the, in the middle of the muck and mire, he, he gives us joy. Joy is a gift of God. It's a spiritual gift. Love, joy, peace, patience. It, joy is, a, is something that He brings to us. It, it comes because we embrace the gospel. It comes be, because we know that we are a part of the timeline and that the entire gospel, the entire story of what Jesus has done and will do is that He was predicted in prophecy. He was born of a virgin. He lived. He taught. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. He has promised to return again. This is the gospel. And to embrace the gospel is to know that there is a, a grand plan that's bigger than anything we can imagine, that's bigger than the grief, bigger than the relational, bigger than the job situations, bigger than all the stuff that we would let if we reflected on 2022 and said, woe is me. Joy is bigger than all of that because we embrace the gospel that is bigger than all of that. Paul writes about joy. He says it's, it's a, a product of the Holy Spirit. 
It's, it's something that, that the Lord brought to you. I'm sure of this. He who began the good work will bring it to completion. It's right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart. You're partners with me of grace. You, you were partners with me when I was in jail. You're partners with me when I'm confirming the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn from you, for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. There's this, this sense of the Spirit is working in ways that we quite, can't quite understand. And the last thing that Paul will come around to with joy in, later on in the, in the letter is that joy is deepened by our trials. In 4.13, the verse that many of you have memorized, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's, 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 it's saying I can bear all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can endure all things. It, it, it doesn't talk about progress. I can achieve anything through Christ who strengthens me. He says that I can, I can bear anything that this world has to offer because it is Christ who strengthens me. Joy. So then he goes on to the prayer part, and this was really what drew me to this whole passage is that affection is directional. Affection leads somewhere. And so in that last verse that I read, he says, uh, God is my witness. I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. And here we go. And it is my prayer that your love may abound. If you're in the habit of writing in your Bible, you could circle the word abound and write the word overflow. It's, it's uh, uh, the, the, the commercial where somebody's pouring something into a glass and they get distracted and they just keep pouring until it's overflowing. You're, Paul says, this is my prayer for you. And that's really what drew me to this because I was, I was thinking about how I was going to pray for you in 2023. And that's part of it, that your love may abound, that somebody watching online can say, I'm not really sure what it is going on in there, but it, it feels like love to me. Or when somebody new comes in, and if you're a guest today, I, I, I want to welcome you. I hope that we get to meet you. Be sure you go to the, the greeter station in the back so that we can uh, share some things with you. We, we're glad that you're a part of this DBC family. But what is my prayer is that when a new person comes in, when families come in from India, when uh, families come in from wherever your family came in, that they would feel the kind of love that my grandson felt when he was in this room. Many of you weren't here for the four o'clock service, but uh, at the two o'clock service, I asked him, uh, asked Judy and Reed to help me light the Advent candle. And when it came time to do that in the four o'clock service, I thought, okay, I did that in the early service. I really wasn't going to do it here. And I started walking from my place over here up the steps, and I felt this thing clamp around my finger. Like, no, no, no. We do this together. This is how it rolls. And just the love that he felt, even though he's just three, I pray that that overflowing love will simply be a characteristic of this congregation. Not a love that's based on what we look like or, or how we act or where we come from or how much money we make, but a love that is cemented in the gospel, a love that is embraced with the joy 
that comes in the gospel. Affection leads to direction that your love may abound. Information leads to transformation. Many of you have figured out that my spiritual gift is teaching, that I am a teacher. I'm a teacher more than I'm a preacher. I, I love to teach the Word. I love to break it open. I love to figure out the nuances and the fine points. I, I spent two and a half decades in the seminary classroom, and, and, and I love information. I love finding out new stuff. But church, information doesn't lead to transformation all by itself. Just to gather facts about the Bible, gather facts about discipleship, gather facts or, or nuances or, or interesting tidbits or trivia or jeopardy answers, just, just to gather facts about the Scripture, that doesn't transform us. It is the joy of the Holy Spirit working in us to make those words come alive. Pay attention to the prepositions. Oh, look how these things are linked. What does that mean for me? What does, that, what does that indicate for me? And so Paul says, with all knowledge and discernment, I want you to take what you know, what you learn from the Scripture, what you're seeing in the words that are there, and I want it to explode in you into something that is knowledgeable, yes, but discernment, knowledge applied to be able to, to say, okay, how does this knowledge dictate that I act in a certain situation? How does it dictate that I react in a certain situation? Someone has said that uh, we can plan our actions, but it is our character that determines our reactions. And that the joy implanted, embraced by the gospel, the love that is abounding, there is a link there. You see how that works? It says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more, comma, with knowledge and all discernment. I want your knowledge to be informed. I want your love to be informed. I want your love to lead to knowledge. I want your knowledge to lead to discernment. I want your discernment to lead back to love. He's describing his prayer over a congregation, and it was as good a prayer as I could even imagine. But then he says something interesting. I went ahead and put the rest of the verse. So that, again, that's, if you study the Scripture, that's called a henna clause or a, or, or a connecting clause that doesn't let you pay attention to the first half without pay attention to the second half. And so it says, I want your love to abound with all knowledge and discernment so that, so that, that, that it has an output, that it has a, a place that it goes, so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. In other words, inward rightness leads to outward brightness. Every time I do a wedding, one of the things that I point out is that whenever we wear a, a wedding band on our hand, we communicate to people we would meet at work or at the store or wherever. We communicate that I have stood at a place and I have spoken my vows 
I have allowed my love to be pledged to another. And, and this just indicates that I'm off the market. It's, it's, a, it's a symbol that we have in our culture that, that testifies to the world. We have several of those. Orthodox Jewish people wear the, the yarmulke, uh, the, uh, the, the dress code of a, of a military person or, or the, uh, the uniform. That, that, that there is an outward appearance that testifies to an inward commitment. I, a policeman has committed to that. A, a soldier has committed to that. A bride in white has committed to that. And, and what the Scripture is saying here is that when our love abounds, and then we layer, let's find out about that love. Let's, let's, let's get into some knowledge. The, the more I know about God, the more I can love Him. Experiencing God, the, the tagline of that is let's, let's figure out where God is working and go join Him there. There is just this sense of when we know somebody more, we love somebody more, and, and, the, and the output is discernment. The longer I'm married to Judy, the, the less I have to wonder what she thinks about something. They, they say that old people start looking and talking alike. I guess that's true. But you, you, you kind of go, okay, the longer I know somebody, the more I am able to discern what their intentions, what their will might be. That's what Paul is saying, that your love would abound. It's very simple, fundamental, based on the gospel, based on the joy of the gospel, that your love would be directional to each other, to him, and that the, the end game is that your knowledge and discernment cultivate so that it is very evident in the world what you're about very evident in the world who you stand for, the inner commitment that is displayed with the outer, the inward rightness, the outward brightness, and he closes saying, you're just filled with the rightness of God, filled with the righteousness of the glory of God. Very short passage where Paul says, as the year turns over, be confident there is a process at work even in you. He's not finished with you. He's not done. Yeah, you make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I am confident in this very thing that he who began that work in you will, will perfect it, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And, and the day of Christ is mentioned twice in this passage, once in verse 6, once in verse 10. And he's talking about that day that Jesus calls it all to a close, that day that Jesus returns. It's a long time of perfecting, of completing, of massaging what it is that you are meant to be. So Dunwoody, my prayer for you as we launch into a year that we've never written on a check before, like any of you have ever written a check, 2023, and my prayer for you is that your love would abound in knowledge and discernment so that you may present yourselves as excellent, pure, and blameless 
until the day of Christ. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that you watch over us, that you care for us, that you give us hope when we don't feel like things are going too well. You walk us through our grief, through our pain, our anxiety, uncertainty of jobs, family drama, that you walk us through those things. And for that, we're grateful. Receive our praise. Receive our worship. Receive our attention to your scripture that it may mold us into the people that you want us to be. And that is my prayer for 2023.